Welcome to the Talk Derby to Me podcast. I'm Blake Fallows, brought to you by SMJ Brady, Connect Red and Elite Football Development. Thank you to all our friends at all them places who keep backing us and keep the podcast going. Thank you very much to them. Today we've got Ian Taylor, Derby, Aston Villa, Port Vale, absolute legend and a top, top bloke. He still works at Aston Villa now as a club ambassador and he's a really, really nice bloke and we had a great chat with him. So we'll get onto that in a second. Um, if you're listening for the first time, you're a Derby fan. We've done quite a few now with um, some great people, some great ex, ex-Derby ex players, some people that are still involved in the game, still involved at Derby. Um, this week we've got Ben Pringle coming out. We've got Lee Camp Part 3. It's an ongoing thing that we always speak to Lee Camp during lockdown. We're actually recording with Lee on Friday. He's going to present Talk Derby to me and interview me because we're just running out of lockdown ideas, but he's he's a great lad. Uh, Bobby Davison recently, Phil Brown, um, Bryson, Russell, Will Hughes. There's some brilliant ones, so go out and check them out if you're listening for the first time. Um, but this is this is Ian Taylor. This is just before Christmas because we've got a bit of a backlog of, of um, podcasts that we've not got round to, to sorting out yet because I'm a bit lazy. But um, yeah, here's former Tommy legend or current Derby legend, former Derby player, Ian Taylor. Bloody hell, Blake. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> Welcome on to Talk Derby to me, Ian Taylor. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. I'm very good. Um, I know this is a Derby podcast, but my team won last night, so... Um, everybody knows I'm a Villa supporter, and, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to... Be uh, I'm club ambassador there at the moment, so I'm, I'm lucky enough to go go to all the games and uh, and got a good win yesterday. It was. It was a br- I watched it. Brilliant performance as well, wasn't it? Yeah, they're playing really well, really, really well. And um, you know, it's a total contrast to last season and the season before where we really, really struggled. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's all good. What's the difference this season? Do you think um, from last season? What's changed? Um, I think two or three really good signings. Um, all of the signings have been good, and they've and they've worked out. So um, I think Jack Grealish has just gone on to another level now. Um, you can just see that he's just got so much better in the last couple of years, and um, yeah, he's a he's a he's he's a top top player, and uh, yeah, everything revolves around him. But you know, he's got some good backup now as well. Do you think you managed to keep hold of him long term? <sighs> I don't know. I think um, he's signed a new contract now, and you know, if somebody wants to come and get him, then they're going to have to pay top dollar for him. So, and him sort of committing his future to us um, says a lot, really. Um, I think he he might have got fed up of waiting for people to come in for him and uh, and decided to stay. So, uh, but he, he would have gone with everybody's blessing. Do you know what I mean? So he's done really, really well for us. Got us out of the championship, and uh, you know. More or less at Derby's expense as well, I'm afraid. But um, yeah, he's done he's done fantastically well for us. You're a bit, you're a busy man at the minute. I mean, we spoke I spoke to you briefly on Tim's podcast that I do, and the the Disillusion podcast, and we had a chat about all the things you're up to. What does the, the club ambassador role involve then? Um, it's basically just going and representing the club at, at, at every game, um, home and away, um, which I really enjoy. I get involved in the foundation there as well. Um, which does a lot of great things in the community. And um, yeah, I love it because I've, I've always liked uh, interacting with fans and, and and doing all that stuff. So um, 
yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a nice thing to do. Yeah. Is it nice to stay around the game as well? Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Um, especially, like I said earlier, you know, it's a club I've supported as a kid and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Birmingham boy. So, uh, to have that affiliation with the club is just, uh, it's just an extension of my playing career at the club as well. So, yeah, I love it. Something I want to talk to you quickly before we get on to your playing career, uh, working in radio and working, doing what we're doing, I've got a bit of a fetish for headphones. And it wasn't until um, just before I spoke to Tim, just before we recorded our podcast, I realised that you had your own headphones as well. Uh, it's IT7 you're, not, you're not after a free pair, are you? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm just plugging them before Christmas for you. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, I like that. Um, to be fair, um, yeah, it's been a good, what, 2012, I think we started it. And um, Tim had no, because we actually, I actually went on Soccer AM and sort of gave him a bit of a plug on there as well in the early days. And they, they helped me out big time. So, uh, yeah, I owe Tim for that. But, um, yeah, it's been going quite a while now. And, uh, yeah, it's not it's not going to make me a millionaire, but it's, um, it's a nice thing to have. And... Uh, they're, you know, the headphones that we wanted to sort of sell at a reasonable price that people could afford and and um, and not rip people off. And, and they're decent. So, uh, yeah, it's a nice thing to have. Uh, was it it7audio.com? If you got one? Uh, it7audio.co.uk. Lovely. Lovely. Right. Yeah, because you get a lot of people that listen that are into podcasts and stuff. So it's a, it's a good product for them. Anything else we need to plug or should we get into football? Um. <laughs> yeah, let's plug, let's plug everything. Now, to be fair, I've got um, I've got a company as well that uh, organises um, tournaments, and you know we we uh, we have overseas we organise trips for overseas academies uh, to come to the UK to play academies in the UK. So we organise tournaments and friendly games. So you know we could have a we could have a teams from America coming over MLS teams academies that can come over and play the likes of Man United and Man City, Liverpool. Um, and, you know, it's a great, great experience for them. You know, I'm just using all the contacts that I've made in football over the years um, where I can approach clubs and we can arrange these games for, for teams and uh, and they love it. All the parents come across with them and, um, you know, got the old video cameras, videoing the kids playing against the likes of Man U and everybody. And it's amazing. Really, really is amazing. Obviously, COVID's hit it at the moment because nobody can travel but um we were having a really really successful time up until covid hit so uh you know we're just trying to get through this time at the moment and then hopefully we can uh, get back on track with things in the summer that's really interesting so do you go to places like st george's park and, and places where like local to, to derby just yeah yeah to be fair derby county is one of the clubs okay. that um obviously i've used my connection there and uh the kids can come over and they train there and play against the likes of Derby. Derby have uh, actually, we've had uh, the last two tournaments at our under 12 level um, where they've played the likes of FC Dallas and San Antonio. Derby have won the last two. So, really? uh, yeah, yeah. So the academy's looking quite good at the moment. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a good thing to mention, actually. Because Derby have won the last two tournaments that we put on at St George's Park. It's incredible the, the growth in the Derby Academy. We might get on to it later. In, in the last five, six years since Mel's been here and, the, and what's invested, I think it has probably doubled in size, Mel Farm, since you were first. You've it. Was you was Mel Farm just about open when, when you were at yeah, Derby? Yeah, I think it had been open a couple of years, I think, when yeah. I. And it, to be fair, it was one of the things that sort of um, made me sign for Derby because the whole the set, the stadium, the whole sort of academy, the 
the training group facilities were fantastic. And, you know, that was back then. So, and I know, like you say, they've added to that. And um, it's, ama- it's, an, it's an amazing uh, club as far as facilities and, and the stadium and everything. It's, 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 it's a Premier League setup. So, um, you know, as far as attracting players and uh, through the facilities and everything, it's second to none. Going back to the start of your footballing career, um, your first professional club was Port Vale, but I was doing a bit of research into it and uh, you came from, from non-league, but you was actually, were you spotted playing against Burton Albion? Um, Burton, Burton, Burton. No, um, I was I was playing in a non-league cup final. Um, it was at the Hawthorns, actually. Was it? Um, More green. Uh, and it was a cup final. And I, I, I'd had a reputation of um, getting goals from midfield. And I scored quite a lot of goals in non-league from midfield. And um, it sort of culminated in this final where um, a lot of scouts came to the final and to, to watch myself. And... Um, and a couple of other players that we had on board, actually. And I managed to score in the final and got approached immediately immediately afterwards in the car park, believe it or not, <laughs> by um, John Rudge uh, at Port Vale. Um, and there was interest from Notts County at the time. We were in the top, they were one of the best teams in the top division at the time. And um, those were the two most prominent that wanted me to sign for them. And... Um, but I chose to I chose to go to Port Vale because, and they were in a lower division because I thought I'd get in the team straight away or I'd have a better chance of getting in the team straight away and not be sat on a subs bench for ages and um, one of the best decisions I ever made. Yeah, that sh- that um, shows to any young journalists or podcasters never do research off Wikipedia because I, I read that it was you, the the final was against Burton Albion. No, no, um, um, I think it was Nuneaton. Was it? Yeah, I, I can't remember. It's, I can't remember who it was against, to be fair. But um, I just yeah, thought it was an interesting look. Definitely wasn't Burton Albion, so someone's got to change that. Yeah, I'll change it as soon as we finish this. I'll go on Wikipedia and I'll change it. <laughs> um, so stepping up, how big of it was a step up? How, how big did you find the step up from non-league to what would that be? Division three at the time. Yeah, because of the change with the Premier League yeah. and everything, it was probably Division three. Um, but I. It didn't. It wasn't that much of a step up at all, because um, you know I, I immediately went into the Port Vale team, and I think I what was it? I scored. I don't know. I can't remember how many scored, but I scored a fair few in the first season, and um, yeah, I had, a, I had a great season. And uh, there were in those days there were a lot of non-league players who didn't make the step up because the the money between teams that were in Division 3 and non-league, because we were all working in non-league as well and getting paid from non-league football, the wage was quite good. So to, to pack in your job and then and not play non-league, you probably... I, I, had to, I earned less going to Port Vale than I did working and playing non-league. So, you know, but I, but I wanted to play professional football. So um, I took a wage cut to go to Port Vale. Um, but I just wanted to play and take the chance of uh, take that chance of playing um, professional football. I've heard a lot of quite a few stories actually of um, not as much nowadays because obviously there's I think twenty out of the the national league teams are, are full time now. But when I was watching Derby and Burton, I used to go watch Burton Albion and Derby were playing, and you'd have players that would rather be in the conference, obviously playing Saturday, Tuesday, training Thursday or whatever, and earning and then working as well rather than going up and earning less money. 
So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that was that was the case with me. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I I sat long and hard thinking about whether I should pack my job in. <laughs> Because I was only wearing, I was only working in a warehouse as well. I was driving driving a forklift truck in a warehouse, but um, but I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed just like you say, training twice a week and and playing on a Saturday, and you know it was uh, it was good fun. So uh, yeah, it, it was a big decision to to leave all that and and, and take a wage cut and uh, and play professionally. So you, you did well at Port Vale and onto Sheffield Wednesday, wasn't it? But you weren't you weren't at Sheffield Wednesday for very long. What what happened there? No, um, yeah, I was at Port Vale for two two seasons and did really well. I think I scored like, I think it was 35 goals in two seasons or something from midfield. And um, Trevor Francis was the manager at um, Sheffield Wednesday. And, you know, a lot of teams got attracted to myself because of my goal scoring record. And there were a few teams in for me. Um, so I think Sheffield United were in for me as well. And Wolves was another one. Um, but Sheffield Wednesday was probably the biggest club that came in for me because, you know, they, at that time, they had the likes of, uh, what, David Erst playing for them, Mark Bright, um, John Sheridan. Who else was playing for them? They had a really, they had a really good team. Um, so... I think the I think it was Carlton Palmer that left, and uh, he was playing for England at the time, and um, they, they looked at me as his replacement. So, um, yeah, they they came in for me, and you know, it was uh, it was a it was a great chance to go to the Premier League. So, you know, it was a chance that I couldn't turn down really. But um, I went I went there, and it didn't really work out because Trevor Francis decided to start playing me on the right wing, and I I wasn't a right winger, and um, yeah, I did okay, but you know, I wasn't playing in the position that I like to play in. Mm. Um, so, yeah, six months on into that, Villa came in for me um, because Brian Little was the manager, and sorry, Leicester, Leicester was another team that came in for me before I went to Sheffield Wednesday, and Brian Little was the manager. So, and when he went to Villa, I was still in his thoughts, and um, he wanted he wanted um, he wanted to try and he wanted to sign me for Villa. And then, you know, it was one of those when your boy club comes in for you, um, you know, there's no hesitation in wanting to wanting to leave Sheffield Wednesday. So, um, yeah, I went to Villa and uh, joined, I joined um, Sheffield Wednesday in June and then I was off to Villa in December. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. So it was that quick. It, it must have seemed like fate, though. Like you say, if, it'd be, if I ever... Oh, I was never good enough. But imagine if I played professional football and then going to a club and it didn't quite work out and then Derby came in for me, it must have seemed like fate. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, you know, at that time, Sheffield Wednesday needed a striker and um, I was the mate weight, really. So they took Guy Whittingham from Villa and, uh, and I went to Villa. Um, but going back to Sheffield Wednesday, my first... My Premier League debut was um, against Tottenham, and um, it was when Jurgen Klinsmann made his debut, yes. and uh, and he scored a hat trick, <laughs> scored a hat trick in his on his debut against us, and uh, the game finished four three. Uh, we lost, but what a game! Um, um, Welcome to the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable because like it was a capacity crowd at um, at Sheffield and. Um, you know, Jürgen Klinsmann, who was a World Cup winner at the time, it was like scratching your head time and 
to play in that game, it's just unbelievable. And for your debut, it's fantastic. I know when I spoke to you before, I asked you about the step up in the Premier League and you said that you didn't really find it a step up because you're just playing your game and whatnot. But, but coming from Moor Green, driving a forklift, going to Port Vale and then one day being stood on the pitch in the Premier League for Sheffield Wednesday and Klinsman's Day, it must be one of the moments. Do you, do you, do you have the moments in your career where you look around and go, oh, the bloody hell did I get here? Yeah, what's happening? <laughs> but, that, but that's the thing. All that's happened within like two and a half years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, one, you know, two and a half years before, I'm... Um, I'm driving a forklift truck around the warehouse and then I'm playing against Klinsman in the Premier League two and a half years later. It's it's unreal. So, um, yeah, it really was, what am I doing here kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it all it all happened really, really quickly. Is it hard to keep your feet on the ground? Or you just not, you seem naturally very level-headed and down-to-earth, but did you still find it, did you have to try hard to keep your feet on the ground or just take it all in your stride? And... Do, you know, do you know, one of the biggest things that, I've had during my career is I've never really had to move away from the Midlands. Mm. And, um, you know, I've still, I've still got the friends that I had when I was at school in Birmingham. Um, and they pretty much kept me on my feet on the ground because if, if there are any times when we were out having a drink and I got a bit leery, they'd give me, <laughs> give me a slap and say, you know, behave yourself, mate. what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? So, mm. um, they they kept me kept my feet on the ground and, and kept me down to earth really. I had some good friends and family around myself. So joining Villa, you must have been playing for Villa and have like your friends in the away end and, and stuff like that. Was that that's yeah. key? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, going back to my debut for Villa, all my friends and family came to the game, and um, you know that was probably the biggest pressure <laughs> trying to please them really and, and getting all the tickets for them, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it, it was one of those. Literally, my all my family, all my friends were there, and you know they're all Villa supporters. Uh, some of them Birmingham City supporters as well. But um, they're all wishing me well. Do you know what I mean? So um, yeah, it was fantastic, and it was one of those where I think my my away my debut was away at Arsenal um, for Villa, um, and we drew nil nil. But then my home debut was against um, Chelsea. And um, we beat Chelsea 3-0 and, um, and I scored on my home debut in, in front of the Holt end and uh, where I used to stand as a kid. And that was just like, that was just heaven. Do you know oh. what I mean? So um, the, that was just a dream come true. It's incredible because that's around that time when you signed in, in the late 90s, my, my first introduction and my first memories of football. And, and it was a brilliant Villa side that, that you went into, wasn't it? It was, it was, a, it was a great... Great side that was up there because I can remember Derby, the start of one season '98 at the time. I think we went to Villa and the, and the winner went top of the league, it, right at the start of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember. I can't remember the the actual day. Or, we lost two 0 I think. But yeah, I think I played in that game. Um, but yeah, we had uh, when when I went to Villa um, when Brian Little signed me. Um, it was a big transitional period, and you know there were a lot of Really, there were a lot of really good players coming to the end of their careers. And, um, you know, the likes of Dean Saunders and Ray Houghton, got guys like that who played in World Cups and whatnot. And um, Brian Little had to come in and make and bring the average age of the squad down. And I was his first signing, so no pressure. <laughs> um, so I went in, he signed the likes of Mark Draper and um, Tommy Johnson. Gary Charles was another one. 
Um, and these these are lads who, you know, predominantly come from uh, the East Midlands as well. So, um, and that, that was funny as well because the, these lads, I knew my phone was going to ring while I was doing this. <laughs> Answer if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just ignore that. But, um, yeah, we, we all had a great bond. So I spent quite a bit of time in the East Midlands before I actually went to Derby as well. So um, it was pretty weird, really. So I spent a lot, a lot, lot of time in Derby and Nottingham, which was, which was weird. I'm a bit worried about this answer phone message being a bit like sensitive or something going on the podcast. Shall I leave it a second? <laughs> I think it's me. I think it's my eye appointment. <laughs> oh, <is it? laughs> I'm over here, Ian. I'm over here. <laughs> I was going to call you Tim. <laughs> yeah, obviously, successful time at Villa. You won won the League Cup. Yeah. Um, well, we won the League Cup in the yeah in the first full season that I had there. Wow. Which was like. Like I said, again, within a short space of time, and another funny story is like, um, I Villa had got to the 94 League Cup final. Mm. And while I was playing for Port Vale, I went to the final um, and they played against Man United, massive underdogs. And, um, and they beat Man United 3-1. And I was there on the day, seeing them lift that trophy. And then, like two years later, I'm playing in the same final, <laughs> and and scoring a goal and lifting the trophy, which is like it's nuts, absolutely nuts. And um, you know, there's been so many things like that happen. And to go from a fan in the short space of time, and then playing in the final for your team and and winning it and scoring, it's just amazing. So to to play for your boy old club for for nine years, captain them, and then come to the end. Was it your decision to leave? Was it a difficult decision to leave Villa? Do you know, I only left Villa because um, I'd started to get a lot of injuries and uh, I was coming to the end of my contract and Graham Taylor had come in. Um, uh, the beginning of that season, he'd come in and I was coming towards the end of my contract. And, you know, he, whenever I was fit, he played me. But um, there was a lot of occasions where I just wasn't available because of injury, I, you know, little hamstring injuries or calf injuries. And, you know, it was really, really frustrating. And um, I was coming to the end of that season and, you know, he just sat me down and just said, um, you know, I'd love you to play in my team, but, you know, we just can't rely on your fitness. And um, he says, look, you know, we're going to have to we're going to have to let you go. You know, and it, I'll, I'll be honest, it was it was gut wrenching because I didn't really I didn't want to didn't want to leave. But I, I knew it was coming because, you know, if you when you get into the last four or five months of your contract and there's no offer, you just think, yeah, my days are numbered. So, um, yeah, it was a, it was it was tough to take. But, um, you know, I took on my, I took the decision to to go into that summer um, doing some extra fitness work and and trying to keep myself fit because at that time I was, I was what, 32, 33. So, you know, I was getting on a bit and I just wanted to extend my career a little bit longer. But then um, George Burley was at Derby and um, I had offers from uh, other teams around the country. QPR was another one, but I just didn't want to go to London. So, and Derby was just perfect for me because I, you know, I'm half an hour down the road as well. So, um, like, like I said earlier, went to the training ground, look, looked at the stadium and it was just perfect. And, um, you know, I got to a stage where I was getting myself fit and stronger and, um, 
and decided to go to Derby. And uh, and it was a great two years that I had there. So coming to Derby, what were your first impressions when you when you first arrived? Obviously, it was a club coming out of a bit. We still probably weren't fully out of it, but coming out of a very difficult period at, at that time. Yeah, yeah, because um, a lot of a lot of the big hitters had just gone. Um, I think your Iranio had just gone, and um, Ravinelli. Um, I think there was a few few others as well. King Cladzi, I think, was another one. Um, but yeah, it was it was quite daunting to be fair because when when I got there, I was looked at as one of the old elder statesmen and and, and to come in and steady the ship because there were a lot of young players as well at the time. You know, Tom Uddleston was like 15, I think, going on 25 because he was just massive. And I just put, <laughs> I was thinking, Who the, who's this kid? But um, it was one of those where George Burley wanted me to come in and and use my experience and and to, you know, knit the team together, really. And um, he made me captain straight away, which I thought was a great honour um, because he thought I was I was captain material. And um, you know that first season it was tough, but we had a we had a really good season. And uh, you know, on a personal note, it was one of the best seasons I've ever had at the age of thirty three. Where you know I scored twelve goals, and I think I was top scorer, top scorer, uh, top scorer yeah, yeah. season. And um, you know, it, it was re- I really, really enjoyed it because, um, you know, playing alongside the likes of Tom as well in midfield, the the class that he had as a player was just fantastic. And uh, to play alongside him was was brilliant. Could you tell at that age, at 15, 16, could you tell he's, uh, this kid's a bit special? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know, the only question mark there was was whether he should play centre-back or, or in midfield. And um, he, he just had... He was just a Rolls Royce of a player, and he, he could just play any either of those positions easily. And you know, as for somebody who could strike a ball so cleanly, um, he's one of the best I've seen. But um, yeah, it was really, really good playing alongside him. That that season, I think we we had a bit of a difficult start, and then one of the turning points was the win over Forest. We were both down there. I think we were in the bottom three or, or right on the edge of it, and Forest were, were down there as well. And the four-two win, and we, we touched on it when we spoke uh, last week. The, yeah. the, famous, the famous coffee cup goal, which uh, yeah. is still unbelievable. Yeah. Sixteen years later, I, know, I, I still I still laugh about it now because like um, I'm still in touch with the likes of Paul Pesky Salido as well, and you know we whenever we see a, a, each other now, we we still talk about it, and um, you know it was you know one of the things it was so good because I'd never got to play, even though I played for Villa, I'd never got to play in the local derby against Birmingham because I was either injured or suspended. But to play in the East Midlands one, the, the atmosphere was just unreal, unreal. And, um, and to experience that and to get on the, um, to get one over of them on, on them most of the time was, uh, was just brilliant. And, uh, you know, I still get derby fans coming up to me now and, uh, and remembering those games and, uh, and to be part of that was just brilliant. You played in a couple of famous ones. You played in the four, the four-two one. Then also there was a three-nil as well at home, wasn't it? That I, th- I think you played in. Um, so... Was that the one I missed the penalty in? Yeah. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I was so gutted, and um, I, like I said earlier, um, my, my wife's got um, because I used to go out with Gary Charles and Franz yeah. Car was Franz Car was another one. Mark yeah. Draper. They they were all East Midlands based, and I used to go out in Nottingham a lot. And I met my present wife in Nottingham. So 
But yeah, we used to go out in Derby and Nottingham, but um she 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 used to get all kinds of crap <laughs> at work about me playing for Derby. <laughs> so um yeah, she got it, she got um the verbals as well as me. But um yeah, after after us winning those games, yeah, it was hell for her. <laughs> George Burnley, who brought you in, obviously it was a difficult first season when um we were obviously coming through a bad a bad period and we stayed in the championship and then he managed to get us into into the playoffs. What was what was he like behind the scenes? What was he like as a gaffer? Yeah, he was good. He was good. He was, you know, the only the only bad thing I've got to say about him is he, he didn't want me to play for Barbados. <laughs> I got I got approached by Barbados to play for them, right? And and he says, Oh, look, we don't want you traveling all the way to Barbados and this other. And like, and I fell for it. And I was like, and after afterwards, I was thinking. Barbados. I could have a nice gaff in Barbados now if I'd have gone and played for the national team. <laughs> and I was, I was afterwards, I was like, "Are you mad? What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. Imagine. Sorry, sorry, lads. I can't play Ipswich away on Tuesday. I'm, I'm at Barbados on international duty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because yeah, my mum's my from Barbados, so I qualified to play yeah. for Barbados. And they approached me, and I was like, afterwards, I thought, "Tails, what are you doing?" But um, but no, but no, you know, you mentioned the, the first season was tough, but you know, the good thing about that season was the fans was the fans were brilliant, and we had some we had some fantastic games that season, even though we uh were at the wrong end of the table, but we survived, and that was the main aim that season. And the the aim the next season was to to get somewhere near the playoffs and you know, George Burley, he built a he built a decent side. You know, in our you know, um, Idiarches was a masterstroke uh, bringing bringing him in because he was he was a fantastic player. Um, you know, we got some we got a few other players in who, who increased the quality and in when we got into the playoffs and it it was just it was gutting to just not to make that final bit and um because we knew we were good enough as well we had a good enough side to do it and um you know preston were a pain in the backside for us and you know they, we always had difficult games against them and they were just a bogey team for us and uh, just the bridge too far the proper billy davis side weren't they just yeah hard yeah hard to beat and uh, you know we just didn't get the rub of the green and uh, you know, just that final hurdle we failed, really. Uh, Idiarches, for me, uh, and his name still gets mentioned now because recently we've had Rooney, um, Waggon's been putting free kicks in, we had Mason Mount and um, uh, Harry Wilson, who was scoring yeah. free kicks almost every week. And Idiarches is still up there. There's votes all the time of um, best free kick play, uh, best free kick take you've ever seen play for Derby. And he still tops a lot of these polls. How Just how good was he from set pieces? Yeah, he's fantastic. But, you know... It was one of them. No one else would take the ball when there was a free kick. It's like, there you go, you, know, you take it, son. But um, yeah, he scored some amazing free kicks and just gen- general, generally as a playmaker, uh, as an, which you don't see many of them now. He's, uh, he was fantastic. He wasn't the most um, athletic, but on the ball, he was just superb. And uh, how would you t- sum up your time at Derby? Looking back, I mean, it was only two years, but 
it was a two years where it was a, a really important time for the club, really, wasn't it, to try and get back to some normality? Well, that's the thing. Uh, you know, I look back on those two years and, you know, I pride, you know, with a, with a sense of pride because, you know, they brought me in to do a particular job. And, um, and I think I did that. And, you know, so um, I've, I've got, you know, I mentioned a special affinity with Villa fans, but Derby fans, I've, I hopefully, I've hopefully got that affinity as well because, you know, I was one of those players that always gave my all, which um, fans, that's all, they, that's all they want from you is to give 100%. And, and I did that at Derby um, and contributed to getting Derby back on track. From a Derby fan's perspective, you like you say you're an honest, honest, genuine player, and you you've scored some big goals. So you were always a you'll always be a fan favourite, and obviously scoring against Forest always helps in the always helps. Yeah. With that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, forget, and then forgetting me missing the pen as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's the worst thing. I I remember missing the pen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least you were brave enough um, to step up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but at least we still won the game. So uh, yeah, and and you know. I played well after that, I, I, I thought. So um, even though I missed the pen, I just sort of tried to brush it off and and uh, I pride, pride myself in just wanting to play well after that. So, uh, yeah, we did all right. So, so leaving Derby and you, you went on to Northampton, was going to Northampton the plan or did you have retirement in the back of your mind? Or <laughs> Mate, I, I was fully expecting to retire. But um, Colin Calderwood, who was my... It was. It went on to. Did, did he manage Forest? Managed manage Forest. Forest. Yeah, yeah. 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 He went on to manage Forest later on. Um, he was manager at Northampton, and I played with him at Villa for a couple of years. And um, and he persuaded me to go to Northampton. And uh, again, it wasn't too far away. It was. It was my limit. To be fair, under an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he, he just said, "Look, just give give me a season and." You know, you come and we've got a great chance of getting promoted. And um, and I went there and we had the likes of Ian Jess, who was there, who, who was an ex-Forest as well. Um, Sean Deitch was there. Um, Mark Bunn was in goal, who went on to play for Villa. Um, Bradley Johnson, who's at Blackburn now and played for Derby. For Derby, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Luke Chambers, who now plays for Ipswich. Played for Forest as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, we had some really, really good young yeah. players there who have all gone on to play, at, you know, at a decent level. And, um, you know, so, yeah, it was great going there and, again, passing on my experience to, to these younger players. And um, and, we, and we, we got promoted. So, you know, I, I, I achieved something at the end of my career as well playing for Northampton Town. We're getting promotion as well. And I got in the, the League Two team of the year at 30, 30 what, seven? So, 36, 37. Because uh, so, I had a great season there as well. So, um, no, I, you know, I pride myself in, you know, most, well, nearly every club I've been to, I've, I've achieved something. So, um, yeah, it was brilliant to, to end on that note. I was going to say that you're one of the few players I've ever interviewed that's almost every club, probably apart from Sheffield Wednesday, you've actually you've done well and had success. It's it's amazing, really, isn't it? When you when you reflect on it. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, I look, I do look back on my career with a sense of pride, and uh, you know, so. But yeah, it's, again, a lot of those players that were at Northampton, um, 
it's uh, it's a nice achievement to have played with those lads and and passed on my experience and they've all gone on to to play at at, at a good level so um and it's great because i still keep in touch with a lot of them now and um it's it's uh it's great the relationships you make in football because they they're there forever did you ever think about going into management yourself nope <laughs> <laughs> no way no way no way um I always think management it just it's just for nutcases, isn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because your your destiny is never in your own hands, and it's like because I've I've always even with my businesses now I've always wanted to be my own boss and never mm. want to take orders off anybody or or just want to have your own destiny in your own hands, and I could not rely on players at all. <laughs> You put them out there and they'll lose games to you and then you're the one who gets the sack. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the the cans are always left with the manager, isn't it? And it doesn't matter how what what you do, that it's the team that goes out there and has to perform. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've never wanted to do that because, um, yeah, I just wanted to have my own destiny in my own hands, really. Yeah. They're interesting characters, aren't they? I've had a few on. I had Phil Brown on on Friday, and that was an interesting conversation. And he um, he was saying it was 18, 18, 19 hours a day when he was at Derby, and that was a, a Derby side that were <laughs> like really, really struggling. So yeah. that was a day to be fourth bottom. So I, I imagine if you're top of the league, what what goes into it? So it's yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Gary. Um, all right, I'm going to let you go to finish your Christmas shopping because this was. A, <laughs> I think I'm interrupting. My Christmas shopping is just that, mate. I'm not going. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Amazon's had a field day with my house. <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, um, yeah. I'll let you have your laptop back though. But I always end with with this question, and it always brings up some interesting answers. Uh, any regrets from your career at all? None, none whatsoever. None whatsoever. Um, you know, a lot of people like ask me, "Oh, don't, don't you?" wouldn't you have liked to got into uh, professional football a, a, a little bit earlier? And I said, no, because it gave me a great grounding. And, um, you know, I'm grateful for, for everything that I've got in the pr- professional game. So, and like you said earlier, it kept my, my feet on the ground and, and kept me, kept me so much more grounded. So, um, yeah, I'm glad I had that, that upbringing and, uh, and that start in, in football because, uh, I never turned into a prima donna or anything. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, I've got no regrets, really. My biggest regret, obviously, like I said, was um, was leaving Villa. But I understood why I had to leave. So, but uh, of course, you don't want to leave. But I've got no regrets at all. No regrets at all. Well, it would have been the fairy tale ending. But in football, it's hard to have that poetic, everything perfect career, isn't it? So it's, apart from that, you've not done bad, have you? No, not at all. And like I said, I went on to do uh, well at Derby and Northampton. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I've, I've loved it. Loved every minute of it. Nice one. I really, really appreciate your time, Ian. It's been, it's been brilliant. So thank you very much. No problem, mate. No problem. Yes, if you manage to get one of them PlayStations, I'll send you my address. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the post, mate. They're in the post. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Cheers, mate. Merry Christmas, mate. Cheers. Cheers.